courage isn't about having the strength to carry on. Courage is about carrying on when you don't have the strength. Have you ever wondered why some people appear to not be afraid of things or are able to do things that seem impossible to you? I was once told that it seemed as if I was not scared of anything and I didn't understand them. I realized I didn't do well at showing the hard that came along with everything that I did and for that I painted a picture that wasn't real. It took comments like that to put it all in perspective and now as a courage coach, I help women understand what courage is and how it shows up for them. We unpack past stories in order to gain awareness. We fight for acceptance of those things that are out of our control and we put our learnings into action. This podcast is my journey through the last 35 years of my learning and my fighting to stand tall while sharing my wins and losses. As the outcome is not the full story, the journey is the full story. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to True You. I am my king. This is episode 15. I'm currently walking, but this epiphany I just had was too good not to share, so I wanted to capture it when I had some time, and walking usually is my only time to do that uninterrupted. But last episode, I talked about limiting beliefs. I shared what they were, how they're formed, how they live and show up in our daily life as well as how do we go about disproving them and changing the trajectory of these, excuse me, changing the trajectory of these beliefs and changing them out for new, more realistic beliefs. So we know limiting beliefs can be formed as early as early childhood, five, six, seven years old. And it's that formative years where we really aren't even sure that they are forming. Unless you do awareness work later in life, you may never even know you have these limiting beliefs. But anyway, I was taking a walk and I was talking to my husband and all of a sudden I dropped my phone, I screamed really loud, smacked my face. He's wondering, maybe I had hit by a car or something, only to realize that I had just had a bee fly under my sunglasses scared the living shit out of me, so I smacked my face really hard, and finally I picked the phone up, he's asking if I'm okay, I'm like, shoot, I don't know if I just got stung, and I'm trying to feel around for a bump, my eye really hurt because I hit myself, so I wasn't sure was the pain from the bee sting, or from smacking myself. Anyway, about five minutes later, I realized that it was just that I had cut my face from the glasses, the bee didn't sting me, all good. But what came out and played was when I was in the sixth grade, I had got stung in the face by a bee. Now, a little bit of the backstory. I had just started a new school. I moved from Illinois to Wisconsin. I was in a private school all of my life and then moved to Wisconsin and started middle school in the public school sector out in the county where there felt like there was more cows than there were people. And so I already felt like an outcast. I didn't really understand kind of the world I was walking into. Um, I, I knew that the one thing 
that was similar with sports. So I went and I tried out for the um, softball team. And at that school, it was very unlikely for a sixth grader to make the eighth grade team. However, they let us all try out, no restrictions, go out, kind of do your best, right? This was, you know, the story, how I remember it was that practice and tryouts were before school classes even started. So we went and tried out. I met some of the girls, you know, doing really good. And softball was one of my better sports. And um, so I'm doing really good. The last day of tryouts, we're kind of just talking right before the coach posts the the teams and where we're all going to go. Are you going to be on the sixth grade team or are you going to be on the eighth grade team? And one of my girls' girlfriends um, was starting to like swat around and like screaming. We're all like, well, what's going on with her? She then started screaming B. So she's hitting at this B. She's trying to, to get it away from her. Successfully so does. And then it comes after me. And it comes right at my face, smack my face, kind of like what I did just the other day. And it gets caught between my face and my hand. When it gets caught between my face and the hand, it isn't dead yet. It's still moving around. So I smush it. And what I did is that that I smushed the, the stinger into my eye. So, you know, put ice on it. Everything's fine. Um, trying to act like I'm tough. Again, I'm the new kid. So fast forward to the next day, we get to school. And I remember I was still living in Illinois. So we were commuting up. And I remember being the first week of school. I had already had a boy haircut. So I looked like a boy. My eyes are traditionally always shallow and have bags under them all of my life. So I kind of look like a stoner boy. And then I wake up that half of my face is swollen. I look like Igor and I'm like mortified. I remember begging my mom, like, please don't make me go to school today. Like everyone's going to make fun of me. I already feel like I'm an outcast coming from a private school, looking like a stoner boy no friends. Um, please don't make me go. Of course, that did not work. They sent me to school. I remember everyone was feeling sorry for me. And then something changed. The minute the coach put up the team rosters, it was almost like they didn't feel bad for me. They were mad at me. And I remember not understanding it. So when I went to go look at the roster, I realized that I had made the eighth grade team. Now, take away stories and all that stuff because at that time I didn't understand what anything meant but like I knew I was good like we usually are confident when we're kids because no one can tell us otherwise right I made an eighth grade team I knew I was going to make it because I knew I was good and then all of a sudden all of my like I felt as if everyone was like well you know you only made the team because the coach felt bad for you because you're the new kid and then you got stung in the face And I remember wondering, like, is that true? And again, we're in sixth grade. You don't realize and you don't think to ask this stuff out, but you start to you start to rationalize people's opinions and their their stories and their beliefs. And they start to become your own. So that whole season I played, I started, I was good. The eighth graders accepted me. 
but I always felt uncomfortable. Like I always felt weird talking about, well, I have a, I have a game tonight. Oh, well, we don't, you know, us sixth graders don't, you, you're just too cool. Cause you're on the eighth grade team. And I don't remember, and I don't know, I might have been, but I don't remember ever being the kid that would brag about it. Again, this is my version of the story. So who knows how I really showed up, but I remember always being embarrassed by it. So now softball happened. Now basketball came along and it was almost like, is she going to make it again? Because, you know, she's already on the eighth grade team. So why would they just put her back on the sixth grade team? So it was almost like every time I made an accomplishment in sports, it wasn't because I was good. It was because of some other circumstance. And I started to believe that. So I started to get embarrassed about being good at things. I would actually sometimes downplay how I showed up in sports or I wouldn't go like I was competitive, but I I would try not to be too competitive because I didn't want people to have a reason to tell me that I wasn't good. Again, at that age, you don't understand what you're even doing and how that's going to play out in your life. But fast forward to now, and this is what was so like an epiphany for me walking the other day was that all of my life from that moment, I have been embarrassed of success. So I have this imposter syndrome that always comes up. Well, am I really good enough? Or did I really deserve this? All because once in my life, when I was, shoot, how old are we? 12, 11? When we're in sixth grade, I had a bee sting that created a a belief and a story around my peers that it was the reason why I was a good softball player or a good basketball player. And I'm sitting here thinking like all of these years, I have given into this limiting belief that I am not good enough. And maybe that's not the limiting belief. The limiting belief is that it is embarrassing to be good at something because I don't want to make other people feel bad because if I'm better than you at something, that must mean that they aren't good and I'm perpetuating their insecurity. So it's my fault that they're insecure because I'm good at something that makes them feel bad. So I can't make them feel bad. So I better now downplay. Like you guys, like, do you hear how that sounds? Like people's stories, people's insecurities based on their own limiting beliefs we sometimes take ownership of that and then they become our limiting beliefs. I I just, it's, it's blowing my mind. It's hard for me to like wrap my head around this because as much as I understand this work, I never really understood why I felt bad for being good at everything that I did or tried. And I shouldn't say that, that's kind of cocky, but like I do really well at things. I believe I'm athletic. I, you know, I work out hard. I, you know, try to stay healthy eating. So like, I I feel good about how I look, you know, when it comes to my, my business and being um, in the professional world, I've had a lot of accomplishments. I've been able to move up in places and I've always felt bad for doing that because then I'd always worry about how other people would feel when they saw me having these wins. I thought it was my fault that they were insecure when really I wasn't appreciating my joy. I wasn't appreciating my successes or my accomplishments. 
Instead, I was so worried about everyone else not having accomplishments. So I just think that that's really eye-opening and taking that step back. And this is just a great example of how really understanding where your limiting beliefs come from and then how do you disprove it? I know I am good at things that I try. And there's sometimes I'm not the best at it when I start, but I'm going to make sure that I continue to practice and practice and practice. And then I'm going to be good at it at least good at it in my opinion or in my eyes and what I need to be good at is how good I need to be at it. I mean, so I, I don't need to worry about other people being uncomfortable because if it matters to me and if it means something enough that I'm going to put in the work and if I win from it or if I benefit from it, there's no shame in that. So this is just kind of like a reminder of really understanding, digging deep, having that vulnerability and that courage to understand where these limiting beliefs are. If you don't think you're good enough, or if you don't think you're smart enough, if you don't think you're pretty enough, why? What happened? What experience took place in your life that creates those beliefs? Because I promise you, if you don't do the work to figure it out, 10 years from now, you're going to still have that belief and you're still going to be miserable. I was just watching a video um, and this guy was telling a story about walking um, by his neighbor's house and the dog, the neighbor's dog was lying on outside and he was whimpering. And the guy asked the neighbor, why is your dog whimpering? Is he okay? And the neighbor goes, yeah, he's just sitting on a nail. And the, the neighbor goes, well, why don't you, why doesn't he get off the nail? And, and the owner, the dog owner goes, well, it must not be hurting him that much for him to move. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, if you're not sick and tired of being sick and tired, you're never going to change. If your limiting beliefs are causing you pain, but not enough pain or not enough misery, then you need to own that. And that's you making the decision not to make the change. You must not be in enough pain or you must not be in enough discomfort. To make a change. And I always tell everyone that I talk to about the why, why my world started changing a few years ago after losing Therese. And I was at that point where I was sick and tired of being sick and tired and miserable. I was miserable and I was doing nothing about it. I was allowing all of these beliefs, these limiting beliefs getting in my way. Yet I, I never changed or I never looked to disprove them. And then I had one of, if not the worst thing ever happened to me, losing my child to, to open up my eyes that either I can continue to be miserable and continue to believe all of these falsehoods about myself, or I can get off the nail. So it's just, you guys, like this stuff, man, sometimes walking is, it's therapy. Like, get out there, start to to pull apart these experiences and these beliefs and, and, and see where they come from. And if you need help disproving them, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to, to support that. Um, whether it's by my stories or connecting on social media, like just getting you to start seeing what these beliefs are doing to you and what they're not doing for you. And then how do we get to disprove them? Because man, I promise you, when you start to, to put these changes in, in play, the sun 
shines a little bit brighter. Your smile gets a little bit bigger. Your, your breath becomes a little bit more easier when you exhale. And I don't know, but that's the way I want to keep living. So I hope you guys are on that journey with me too. And I hope that this stuff resonates with you. Um, but yeah, with that, I hope you guys have a great day. I hope you start to do the work of limiting beliefs and really capture the essence of the impact that they have on you. With that, I hope you guys enjoy your day. Thank you again for staying tuned with me. I love the company. Talk to you later. Thank you for following the True You podcast, where we continue to explore our paths with courage. If you want more information on how to work with me, jump over to my website at megkingco.com and find me on Facebook and Instagram for weekly motivation, fun, and ways to resurface your courage. Have a great day. Stay awesome.